This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 Money Pit. Money Pit is brought to you by Lowe's Iris, Pavestone, Home Advisor, Dynatrap, The Home Depot, and Quick Creek. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? Are you working on your house? If so, you're in exactly the right place because we're here to help. We're your team. Give us a call if you've got a question about your home improvement project, your decor dilemma, whether you're doing it yourself or hiring a pro, we're here to help you get it done right the first time out. The number is one eight 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 money pit or you can post your question to the community page at moneypit.com. Coming up on today's show as we head into the heart of the summer season and keep spending more and more time outside, guess what? The ticks are doing the same. They're really bad this year, so we're going to have some steps that you can take to stay clear. And also ahead, are solar hot water systems really worth the trouble and the cost? Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating expert for TV's This Old House, has the facts and is stopping by later with them. Plus, do you know the easiest door to break into for any house? Well, it's usually the garage door. We're going to tell you why and share the surprisingly simple steps you can take to secure that entry. Plus, to help keep you mosquito bite free all summer long, we've got a great new product to give away. It's the Dynatrap Mosquito and Insect Trap worth 129 bucks, which, by the way, Tom and I are both using. And I will tell you, from being a person that's normally just completely bitten by mosquitoes in my children as well, we're all doing really great this summer. I'm going to knock on wood, but I'm, I'm going to say it all is owed to Dynatrap. Yeah, we've had the same experience here. It's my second season, actually, with this product, and it works really, really well. So if you want to win it, you got to post your question online at moneypit.com to qualify or pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Shane in Illinois, you've got the money pit. You want us to help you with the decking project? What can we do? As respect to footings on the deck, is it more common practice to have a one solid column that goes down um, for your footing, or can you just dig 36 inches, throw a six-inch footing at the bottom of that, and put your post on top of that and just pack it around with dirt versus covering it with concrete? You mean covering the post, like, like around pouring around the post with concrete? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, that wouldn't really help you because that's not giving you any support. The idea of the footing is to get it down below the frost line. So, yes, if you dug down to 36 inches uh, and you set any kind of a small concrete pad down there, you would be fine by putting the footing, putting the post on top of that and going up. Now, the other thing that you could think about doing, and I like these, they're precast footings that are out there that are kind of like almost pyramid shape. They're very tall, almost not a pyramid, more like a tower. 
and they're about 36 inches uh, tall, maybe 40 inches tall, and they have a bolt that sticks out the top of them, so you can put your post dog right on that, and you can dig your hole and drop this right into the hole. What I like to do is put maybe a a shovel full of stone in the bottom of the hole, make sure it's tamped really well, and then drop my footing on top of that, and this way my post ends up above grade. I don't I don't like the idea, even though it's pressure treated, of sinking the, the wood in the ground. Yeah, I agree. Eventually, it's going to rot. So I like to keep it above ground. That's why I use those uh, those types of posts. And then the third way you could do this is with something called a sono tube. You know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it looks like a paper towel roller, <laughs> you know, roll, but it's uh, it's twelve inches in diameter. And yeah, you cut that to be about forty inches. Set that in the hole. You can go ahead and backfill around it. Put a little stone in the bottom, and then fill it up with concrete. Now you could mix up, you know, something like quickcrete in the red bag is good for this. You can mix it up and drop it into that uh, that sono tube. It'll be hard inside of an hour, and you can start building right away. Well, great. Well, thank you for your help. Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck with that project. Uh, are you going to get it done and then soon enough to enjoy it this summer? Uh, possibly. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Darlene in New York, you're next on the Money Pit. How can we help? Hi. I seem to be having a problem with uh, woodchuck. It goes from my neighbor's shed in the backyard to the to across our yard into okay. the other yard. Mm-hmm. And we're getting all, like, holes in our backyard. They're huh. destroying our yard. Are you sure they're woodchucks and not and not moles? No, they're huge. It's like okay, a well, mother and maybe three babies. All right. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of things that you can do to kind of discourage woodchucks. I mean, one of them I'm not sure applies to you, and that is just to make sure your yard is, is less attractive. Uh, to woodchucks by removing any kinds of stumps or wood or brush piles. They they do like to chew on wood to keep their teeth filed down. So if there's some uh, good stuff around your yard, they're going to be gnawing out that. The other thing that you can do is to repel the woodchucks with something like hot pepper spray. You know, if you have like liquid pepper spray or hot pepper spray, you can spray it in the holes and they will not go in there. They do not like that. Or you can use one of their natural predators, which is like fox or dog or raccoon. That's available as a spray, and it basically replicates their urine and kind of keeps them um, away. And then on your plants, if you were to apply something like a deer-off type of a spray, which basically sits on the leaves of the plants or the bushes, and if the woodchuck was to eat it, it has a really nasty taste to it, and that keeps them away as well. So there's a couple of things that you can try. Um, without calling in a pro to see if we can try to minimize the woodchuck visit uh, to your backyard. Okay. So um, if I do use the hot pepper spray, then I just spray it inside of the holes in our yard? Yeah, in that area, right, to kind of discourage them from using them. And maybe they will not create any more. That's what we hope. All right? Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Call now with your home improvement question to 888 Pit, presented by Home Advisor. From small repairs to a major remodel, Home Advisor is the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project. Just ahead, don't get sick from ticks. We've got tips and tricks to help keep you from getting ticked off after this. The Money Pit is presented by Iris, a do-it-yourself smart home security system from Lowe's that connects an entire range of compatible smart devices in your home through a single app. With Iris, you can enjoy all the benefits of professional home monitoring for the market-leading price of $14.95 per month. Check it out at your local Lowe's or at Lowe's.com. You live in a Money Pit. 
Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call now with your question at 888 Pit. presented by Home Advisor. Ready for a new roof that can stop summer storms? Home Advisor can instantly match you with the right pro for your job for free. And if you call right now at 888 Pit or post your questions to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com, you'll get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away the Dynatrap. It's a mosquito and insect trap that protects up to a half acre, so you can guard your family and pets from nuisance insects that may bite and spread disease. It produces CO2, which is an attractant for mosquitoes, and it does so through a chemical reaction, so you don't have to add lures or attractants, and it's totally non-toxic and can be used both indoors and and out. You'll find it at Bed Bath and Beyond or online at Dynatrap.com. The value is 129 bucks. And if you enter the promo code Money Pit, you'll get a 15% discount. Casey in Texas is on the line and needs some help with a flooring project. What can we do for you today? I have a special needs son. He's four years old and he crawls throughout our house and unfortunately he has a lot lot of falls. I'm looking to replace the flooring in my game room and kitchen, which is currently ceramic tile, with a softer option. And I was thinking of doing cork flooring. So wanted to know what your opinion on the cork flooring was, if there's a better option, and can it be laid on top of the tile? Great question. I mean, I was actually just thinking of that cork flooring as, as a good, terrific, soft option for you. In terms of when whether you can lay it on top of the tile, if the tile is really flat, you probably can, but if the tile has a bit of a rough surface or, you know, sort of curvy edges, um, I think that it could potentially be an issue. That said, there, there may be um, a cork flooring out there that has sort of more of a solid back that could give you some stability over that. I'd look into it. I'd check a place like Lumber Liquidators, but cork flooring is incredibly durable. Um, it is soft. And I think it is a good choice for you. I mean, short of doing something with, you know, area rugs or something of that nature, I think that's probably, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the best choices that you can make. If it's an area that you would potentially want to carpet, you know, just keep in mind that there's a lot of differences in carpet padding. There's a lot of 
chintzy carpet padding out there. But if you look for it, you'll find the good stuff that really does give you uh, some cushion to that surface. And, you know, you don't have to choose a thick carpet to put over it, but you've got to have the right carpet padding under it. That's really critical. Okay. And if you went with something like a laminate floor... There is an underlayment that goes under laminate floor. Now, the laminate floor obviously is not soft on top, but if the underlayment, uh, I know that one of the brands that uh, I used to work with had like a sort of an eighth inch foam kind of sheet that would go under it that would give it some, some give too. But I think pretty much any floor you choose is going to be softer than, uh, than ceramic tile. Okay. Right, Leslie? I mean, that really is true. The only concern I would have with putting the cork over the ceramic tile is that some of the cork floorings are on the thinner side. So like Tom mentioned, you want to make sure that the cork floor is thick enough to hide the imperfections that are there in that tile. But cork really is a great and forgiving surface, and it looks gorgeous, too. Good. Is it pretty moisture tolerant? I mean, I'm just concerned in the kitchen. Is there anything to worry about? The cork tends to be water resistant. I wouldn't put it in a place like a bathroom where you've got potential for, you know, tubs overflowing and things of that nature. But the occasional spill and the water that tends to happen in a kitchen space is perfect for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your help. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Sharon in Ohio is on the line with a sun pump question. How can we help you? Um, we have an issue with our furnace. It seems to be pulling sewer gas from our sun pump because that's where it drains into, and we can't figure out how to solve the issue. Temporarily, temporary solution is to pour water in the sun pump. But then about three or four days later, we turn the furnace on, and it draws the sewage gas air again. Well, let's talk about this. So first of all, what water from the furnace is being drained into the sump pump? Are you talking about the uh, condensate line from the air conditioning system? Yes, sir. Is there a return duct in the basement area where this is or in the room where this is? Or do you think it's coming in through the drain pipe? We think it's coming in from the sump pump. And it's a wintertime issue because it happens when we turn the furnace on. Well, if you think it's it's because it's reversing, it's pulling whatever soil gas is causing this unpleasant odor. If you think it's coming in because of the drain line, there's a really simple solution. Put a trap in it. So if the drain line has a P-trap, kind of the same kind of that sort of uh, U-shaped pipe that's underneath the bathroom sink, then that pipe will stay filled with water and will not allow any gases, any air to back up through it and get into the furnace. That's not built into the furnace already? Not always. I mean, it depends on the workmanship of the installer. But no, you would see it on the outside. If you don't see a P-trap, it doesn't have one. The other thing that could be causing this, and sometimes this happens, is, is occasionally, and I don't want to freak you out, but occasionally you'll get a rodent that will die inside of a return duct. And if that happens, yeah, the stink can go on for quite a while. But I would take a look at that drain line, and if it doesn't have a trap in it, do that. And uh, make sure it's filled with water when you start, if it's the winter, because it won't be. Uh, and I think you won't find any more uh, air gets through that pipe. Sharon, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, here's something to think about. According to the CDC, there are as many as nine different types of ticks you can be exposed to when you're outside this summer, and they can carry a dozen or more diseases, some of which can be serious. So to keep those ticks away from you, there are a few simple precautions you can take. And the first one starts with this. Use repellent, but not just any repellent. You've got to use a repellent that contains 20% or more of DEET, Pictardin, or IR-3535, 
which is the only three types of repellents that the CDC recommends. These will all give you protection that can last several hours. But you've got to read the label to make sure it contains at least 20% of the active ingredient. Yeah, now here's another way. You can actually use products that have been treated with permethrin. So you can buy products pre-treated or treat your clothing and gear, such as your boots or pants or socks. Use your tent, you know, treat the tent with repellents containing at least 0.5% permethrin. That's one half of 1%. Now, the permethrin actually remains protective through several washings, so you don't have to go on and repeat it for every single one of your outdoor adventures. And lastly, make sure you're wearing light-colored, long-sleeve clothes if you hike in bushy and grassy areas because it's easy to spot ticks on those light colors. And then, of course, be sure to shower and then check yourself for ticks so you can stay tick-free all summer long. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Hey, don't get ticked off if you don't know how to do a home improvement project. Call us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Jim in South Dakota, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, I got a couple of exterior doors in the garage I added on to my house. And I'm getting water coming inside the doors. And two of them... Two of them are coming through the latch side, bottom corner. I've tried siliconing the the threshold up to where it meets the jam. Tried running a little bit of silicone in there to seal that up, but I can't seem to find where it is coming in at. So, but every time it rains and if there's a breeze and pushing the rain against the latch side of the door, it's running down and coming to the inside. I've seen that kind of thing before. It's very frustrating. You're talking about a, a standard exterior door, not an overhead door, right? You're talking about a, a one that has hinges. Right, yes, yeah, an exterior walk-through door, yep. Yeah. The first thing I would check is to make sure the door is perfectly hung. And by that, I mean it has an even reveal, top, side, bottom. And then looking under the door, see, sometimes with a flashlight, you can see gaps. So if you use a flashlight at the saddle, you can shine it on one side and look underneath and see if there's any gaps there. The type of weather stripping you have is the kind that kind of looks like what's on a refrigerator door. Yeah, yeah, that, it's that uh, D style or O style, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. actually pretty durable. Now, does this door open into the garage or does it open out to the backyard? Inward. So pretty much like a standard door. Well, listen, if if you don't find anything there, I think you're going to have to go with a storm door because it's it's definitely breaking down with the weather stripping. I, I'm going to have to give that a try. All right. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Marion, Texas is on the line, has an issue with the tub. Tell us what's going on. We have a bathtub that we've had plumbers out and they can't even seem to get it unstopped. They think that it there was there was it was would slowly you know if you took a shower in there it would slowly go out that day, but then it stopped up and it was going so slowly. We called a big company here, plumbing company, and the guy came out and checked it and he couldn't get it unstopped. He thinks it's in the p trap, uh, but he checked the line the 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 tub is on the back of the house about two two feet from that is the clean out. And he took a picture in the clean out all the way to the alley and told us to get the city to come and they needed to clean it out at the alley. They did that. So wait a minute, you telling me that the plumber was able to clear the drain from the house to the street, but he thinks that the uh, restriction is beyond that? Yeah, he thinks and it's just about two feet from the drain, the tub that's on the back wall of the house, just about two feet to the clean out where he worked. And all the other lines are back farther. The, I mean, the 
utility line is farther, it's on that same line. It's farther. The uh, sink and vanity area and and the commode works just fine. It's right by the tub. It's just. It's past them. I, I can tell you right now that he missed something in the tub because all of those plumbing lines come together in that same general area. And if you've got flow from the toilet and the sinks and everything else, but not the tub, it's going to be the tub itself. You know, when it comes to clearing drains, my experience has been that plumbers are not the best ones to do that. Generally, you're better off to go with a specialty plumber that does drain cleaning. They have the tools, the equipment, and the knowledge to get that done. And sometimes the, you know, the day-to-day plumbers, if it's a simple clog, they can clear it, but they don't necessarily have the tools. I mean, for example, drain cleaners have cameras that can go down those pipes and see exactly what the obstruction is. So my recommendation would be to call a different kind of professional, not a plumber, but someone that specializes in drain cleaning and has a good reputation for being able to make that particular type of repair. I think that's going to be the easiest way for you to get to the bottom of it. I would not recommend any type of additive to that drain to try it cleared in these liquid products that clear drains because they can be very, very corrosive. Mary, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, solar water heating, you know, it can cut your energy bills fast. We're going to tell you what you need to know to go solar with tips from Richard Chathui from This Old House next. I'm Norm Abram from This Old House. Need a little help making your old house look like the ones we make over on TV? Call Tom and Leslie right now. On the Money Pit Radio Show Pick up the talent This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Money Fit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Find top-rated home pros you can trust. And if you're a service pro looking to grow your business and connect with project-ready homeowners, check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, give us a call right now on the Money Pit's listener line at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. You can get matched with background-checked home service pros in your area and compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments all online for free. No matter the type of job, Home Advisor makes it fast and easy to hire a pro you can trust. Stephen, Pennsylvania, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I was listening to the program, I guess, about a week ago, and uh, you were talking about a, uh, a caller that was having trouble with her patio door, and Tom had recommended using white lithium grease to loosen it up and uh, make it slide easier. Um, an old carpenter's trick. I'm a master carpenter. Pledge, not lithium grease or silicon or any of that. Uh, the downside of lithium grease and silicon is they attract dirt, 
Pledge does not. And the trick on it, and it'll work on sticky windows as well, is you overspray it, spray it heavily, either slide the door back and forth or move the window up and down a few times, wipe the excess off, and you have a patio door or a window that will move freely like it's sliding on butter. That's a great suggestion, Steve. We appreciate you calling that in. Now, I wonder how long that will stay around, especially with a patio door, given its exposure to the elements. Any experience on that? Six months, easily. Really? All right. Well, that's fantastic. Good advice. Thanks so much for calling in, Steve. We appreciate it. No problem. You guys do a great job. I listen to you all the time and uh, appreciate what you do out there. And you see, Steve's a carpenter, so that's a professional opinion. (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a great day. Well, if you've ever felt warm water flowing from a garden hose that's been stretched across your sunny lawn, you already kind of understand how solar water heating works. And if you've ever paid a fuel or electric bill, you can understand why using the sun's rays (laughs) to warm water is a really good idea. Joining us now with some details about solar hot water heating systems is Richard Trathui, the plumbing and heating expert for TV's This Old House. Hi, Richard. Hey, guys. And you know, solar heat has been an option for a lot of years, but I'm happy to see that lately everyone has become so much more interested in being more green, it's really taken on some new life. So how does a basic system work? Well, the basic setup consists of a heat-trapping solar collector. That's either going to be these flat panels or these special tubes that sit outdoors, facing south, usually up on the roof, Okay. and there'll be some sort of water storage tank down inside the house. So essentially, there's a circulating pump that moves the water across the collector and then down to the storage unit. Now, in cold climates, there's going to be a circulated pump that doesn't pump water through the collectors. It's actually going to be glycol, a non-toxic propylene glycol that is an antifreeze, really. And it goes up through those collectors, absorbs energy from the sun, brings that down, to the tank and transfers that energy into the water that's inside the tank. Okay. Now, are there certain areas of the country that really this is a better opportunity for, or are there ways to make this work regardless of your climate? I think people don't understand. The sun is out in most parts of this country, you know, enough that solar thermal, that's the solar to make domestic hot water, makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You can always get 65 to 70 percent of your domestic hot water production using the sun, even in the northern climes like we are up here in New England, where I live. Mm -hmm. Now, on some days, I would imagine you are heating far more hot water than you really need to. Do you store that? Is there a way to save it till well, that's cloudy the challenge. days? There are, there are days you actually have more energy than you know what to do with, and sometimes you have to do a heat dump. You know, you have to get rid of some heat. Uh, that's where it's often good to have a pool. If you want to heat a pool or something like that, it's terrific. We've even seen people that have solar systems on vacation houses where they're not there, where there's a little device that can actually run the solar backwards during the night to take the superheated water in the tank and dump it to outside because you actually have too much energy. Interesting, interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, we actually vacationed once in St. Lucia, and the entire hotel had the same solar water heating systems. And every night we would hear it draining from all the different rooms. The first night we were like, what is that? And when we called the front desk, you know, they explained to us the whole system. Now, with solar water heating systems, I mean, I imagine they're kind of expensive to put in. Do you recoup that kind of quickly, or does it really take a long time to get that back? Well, it's it's so often the case, you've got to spend money to make money. And so it really depends, I think, also on the local utility rates. You know, for a family of four, you're going to do a system, typical system, with an 80-gallon tank. It's probably 5000 for the materials, another 2000 or so for installation. You know, and the payback periods could be relatively quick, you know, five, six, seven years. And it really depends on how much hot water you use. Now, comparing that to, uh, say, uh, active solar, we have photovoltaics, though. It's probably a lot less expensive. 
Well, it's got a high efficiency. The thing about photovoltaics is they have some unbelievable incentives that make it, and that, and the cost of that technology is coming down in price every day. You know, it's it's often, it's like what's happened with computers. You know, there was a time that computers were much more expensive. As more people bought it, the premium got, came down. And mm-hmm. we're seeing that with solar thermal and with solar vo- photovoltaics. And I think, you know, for the pedigree of a home, when you go to sell down the road to say we have solar water heating, right. you know, it ultimately makes the house more valuable. The other metric that's not in this discussion is the cost of fuel. In August of 08, Fuel prices got to almost $4. Fuel oil was $4.10 around where I lived. We couldn't keep enough solar in stock. Everybody wanted mm-hmm. to do solar. And then as the price came down, people got a little more complacent. And so all that stuff is going to be driven a lot by that, that fossil fuel cost. And there's really an opportunity issue here, too. You mentioned it briefly before, but the rebates, the incentives, the tax credits, they're always changing. Uh, keep an eye on that That's because right. there could be a golden opportunity to get a system like this installed if you meet those requirements. The government and the, the local utility can be your friend in that case. Mm-hmm. Great tip. Richard Rathui from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the money. But for more great tips just like that, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And you can watch Richard and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and ask This Old House on your local PBS station. And This Old House is brought to you on PBS by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just ahead, you know the easiest door to break into for any house? Well, it's the garage. We'll tell you why and share the surprisingly simple step you can take to secure that entry after this. You live in a body pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project. 
at homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And summer storms are rolling. Hurricane season is on the way, which is why Leslie got her generator service this week, right? I sure did. You know what? I ended up signing up for a service contract, which I think is super important, probably very smart when... I think the risk of servicing your own generator is death or explosion. So (laughs) I choose to have those serviced by the pros. But it's interesting, you know, it needed a battery replacement, which apparently Kohler recommends every three years or so. So we went ahead and changed the battery, you know, which is unusual because a car battery, you're getting 10 years, five years out of them. Right. So I thought it was interesting that there was that issue. Also, there needed some computer software and firmware updates so that I could monitor everything going on with the generator on my phone and keep track of everything. It just definitely gave me the security of feeling like, should something happen, power goes out, I need the generator, at least it's all there and I can get to it. So I felt really happy about having the guys buy. And now they'll come twice a year. Perfect. And if you don't have a standby generator or a whole house generator for your house, you might really want to think about picking one up because I tell you, there's nothing better than when you get a power failure and you're down for all of like 10, 15 seconds before your entire house gets repowered instantly by your backup generator. Now I've got Nancy in Arkansas on the line with a painting question. How can we help you? Well, I'm behalf of my mom and she has an older home and there, she has like a lot of like, she has a popcorn ceiling and she has a lot of like cobwebs and stuff and i'm just wondering like what would be the best way of removing those to eliminate as much you know debris falling in the carpet and that sort of thing and but you know to give it a fresh look well i think with the popcorn ceiling you know number one you're fighting the texture so everything kind of wants to get stuck up there so first off is i would start with one of those like swiffers that look like a feather duster just to get all of that dust and that the cobwebs down so that you've got a clean surface. And if that looks okay, then you might want to stop there. You can't really clean a popcorn ceiling because the way you remove a popcorn ceiling is to spray it with water and then you scrape it off. So if you try to clean it with any sort of cleanser or moisture, you're going to start to disintegrate the popcorn and make that come off if it's truly a popcorn ceiling and not like a textured stucco or something like that. So I think once you get the spider webs and things off of it, you might be better off just painting it and giving it a fresh coat to just, you know, sort of freshen up the ceiling space a little bit. But if you do decide to paint the popcorn ceiling, you have to get a very specialized roller. It looks like a um, it's a foam roller that has like a spiral cut to it. And that will open up to sort of accommodate the popcorn ceiling texture. If you use a regular roller, it's going to paint it and then pull the texture off. So you have to be careful in your application. But that'll do a great job of freshening it up. Okay. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Well, did you know that the easiest door to break into for any house is usually the garage door? We've got a trick to help you avoid becoming a victim in today's home security tip presented by Iris Smart Home Security. Yeah, if you'd like to protect your home from intruders, it's important to identify vulnerable areas of your house. You know, I'm talking about hiding spots that are caused by tall bushes or trees, as well as any easy points of entry, especially if you're going to be out of town. For example, your garage door might be easier to open open than you think, but you can secure it by simply installing a bolt through one of the extra holes in the garage door tracks. Now with that bolt in place, the door is not going to be able to roll upwards and your door will be secure. 
Now for everyday use, you can integrate a smart garage controller. So it's a great way to keep tabs on whether the garage door is opened or closed, and it works off your smartphone. The controllers will not only alert you when the door is open or closed, but they can even remind you if you drove off and forgot to close the garage door and even allow you to open or close the door from miles away. Today's home security tip has been presented by Iris Smart Home Security, a DIY system that connects an entire range of compatible smart devices in your home through a single app. It lets homeowners create a do-it-yourself tailored system that's not only convenient, but effective with 24-7 monitored protection for as little as $15 a month. You'll find Iris at Lowe's, Lowe's.com, and Amazon. The Iris Smart Hub retails for just $69.99, and the Security Starter Pack is just $99.99. Stephen Delaware needs some electrical help. What's going on at your money pit? Uh, I have an outlet that died on me. Uh, I changed the outlet, but it still doesn't work. All the breakers, none of the breakers went, and all the uh, GFIs uh, are, are all good. It just don't work. So it's just one outlet. That's correct. And you haven't, you have no ground faults that tripped it, and you have no breakers that tripped it. Do you know if the wiring is hot in the outlet? I put a tester on it, and it says it's not hot. Now, all of a sudden, it just died. Well, it says the outlet's not hot, but I wonder if the wiring feeding the outlet is hot. That's my question. So, you, first of all, you probably shouldn't be doing this repair, Steve, unless you're very, very competent with electrical work because it's potentially dangerous. But if I was you and I was faced with this problem, what I would do is I would take the cover plate off of the electrical outlet. I would use one of my electrical testers that detects current, not not the outlet, but current. And I would stick it in there and see if it, I actually have hot wires. If I have hot wires, then I know I've got a bad outlet. And if that's the case, we need to turn the power off completely, make absolutely positively sure that the power is off, and then uh, switch out that outlet with a new one. Well, I checked the uh, wires um, when, I sw- when I went to switch the outlet out because there was a crack on the outlet. I switched the outlet okay. out, and I checked the wires when I did that, and I'm not getting any electric to the wires. So, Steve, this is now beyond the scope of, of what I think you probably should be doing yourself because outlets can be wired in series, and so the actual failure can be somewhere else down the line. And I think you ought to turn to an electrician and have them investigate it and repair it just to make sure it's safe, okay? All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Steve. Sometimes it's a do-it-yourself project, and sometimes it's not. Hey, do you love your pet, but not so much the messy stains they can leave behind? We're going to help a listener tackle the pesky pet problem next. The Money Pit is presented by Pavestone. Building a fire pit, patio, planter, walkway, or even a grill surround is quick and easy with Rumblestone from Pavestone. Look for Rumblestone at the Home Depot and visit pavestone.com for project ideas and how-to instructions. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And 888 Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Do you need new flooring in your kitchen or your bath? Home Advisor will instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free. Hey, have you ever noticed that things you cook in the microwave never seem to come out exactly as you plan them? Well, well like the popcorn? reason might be, um, <laughs> is it two minutes? Is it 30 seconds? Is know, it five minutes? You get a lot of, lot of the uncooked kernels at the end, and I always feel like it's such a waste. <laughs> Oh, no, don't repop them. The other thing I always find interesting is I cook bacon in the microwave, like I'll put it on sheets of paper towel. 
And that's a way to sort of, it absorbs all the fat and they're not so greasy. The first batch is always two minutes, 30 seconds. The next batch is two minutes, 30 seconds, plus another two minutes, plus three minutes. I'm like, what is the difference? Well, exactly. It's what? It's the wattage. That could be the blame. Now, most recipes are developed for microwaves that have a wattage of about 800 to 1200. The higher the wattage, the faster things will cook. So if your microwave is super powerful, it's going to cook your food significantly faster. Now, of course, you're wondering, well, how do I know what I've got? Well, you can look for your microwave's wattage on the outside or inside of the door or check the back tag, which is near where the cord connects to the machine. The wattage is almost always listed right there. Once you know what you got, you can start making adjustments as you tackle those new recipes. All right, you guys, we love to answer all your questions. So post your question in the community section. Call us, whatever you like, but let's jump into the post right now. I've got one here from Frank in Kentucky, and he writes... I have hardwood floors with an area rug in my living room. A friend's cat visited a few months back, and I'm just realizing it wet on the rug. There's a blackish stain on the wood. Can I remove that without stripping the floors? I tell you what, if it's a few months old, it's tough. Gosh, I'm telling you, if you've got a blackish stain... Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there's a lot of salts and, and other chemicals in the pet dropping, so to speak, and it does <laughs> tend to really get very dark and nasty marks on the floor. Now, there are a couple of things that you can try, Frank, one of which is hydrogen peroxide, but we're not talking about the kind you buy at the drugstore. You have to go to a beauty supply store for this and get the really strong hydrogen peroxide. It's about 40% in terms of its strength. What you can do is, is obviously pull the rug away, block off the area that surrounds it, and try to apply the hydrogen peroxide right over the stain, and then watch it. You may have to do it over a number of days because it will start to bleach out the floor in that area. But sometimes it works too strongly, and instead of having a black stain, you end up with a white stain. So you got to kind of watch it. Now, if all else fails, what you can also do is simply refinish the floor, but we'd like to try to prevent you from having to do that or, or, or stop you from having to do that. So you can try that hydrogen peroxide first. You might even want to mask off the area that's around the stain just to kind of keep that hydrogen peroxide from getting beyond the stain itself. Try to keep it right to the area that's damaged. And again, as I said, in the worst case, you're going to have to sand and refinish it. Yeah, seriously, invite the friend minus the pet. And you know what? Get a new area rug because something about cat pee just is awful. I'm telling you, that's why you never have a cat in my family. But my sisters love them. But truly, get a new area rug. Your floor is going to be back to normal and no cats allowed in your home from now on. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thank you so much for spending this hour with us. If you got questions that remain, you're welcome to post them to the Money Pit's community section at moneypit.com, where we love to jump in and answer these questions. And uh, you also might get some answers from our, your fellow listener experts that are out there. So that's all online at moneypit.com. And, of course, you can always call us 24-7 as well at 1-888-MONEYPIT. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.